Hey game friends, GM John here. After the Bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge is a crazy, furry, actual play role-playing game podcast that's set in a transgenetic post-apocalypse, and it may contain some themes and scenes that are disturbing or upsetting to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Specific content warnings for all Real Play Games podcast shows will be located below the episode description with each episode. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Play Games Podcast, a podcast where I, your game master, John, play a bunch of tabletop role-playing games with my friends, some of which are pretty popular and some of which are pretty obscure. Today is actually going to be our fifth installment of our game, After the Bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge. After the Bomb, of course, is a post-apocalyptic animal role-playing game that is published by Palladium Books. You can find more about After the Bomb, the RPG, as well as all of their megaverse role-playing games at www.palladiumbooks.com. And with me, of course, as always, are going to be my friends. We're going to go ahead and start with Rue. Hi, I'm Rue. I play Blind Moons, your drug-addled demolitions expert. <laughs> Ob is me, and I play Arlo, the down-to-earth honey badger radio expert. I saw what you wheeler. did there with your little puns. <laughs> uh, I'm Ames. I play Bara Nosi. She's a black bear mechanic. Kind of the default leader of the group is they're currently working for the uh, academic underground, and she has been with them for several years. And I'm Harm. I play Lilith Thumblejump, a pack rat frog chimera, armor smith, and she doesn't really offer much for the group, but she's there. I mean, I, that seems like a real harsh indictment of Lilith. She's rations for later. <laughs> yeah, she's Blind Moon's emergency rations. She's also with the group. <laughs> I keep forgetting to add cat to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's your catnip adult demolitions expert. <laughs> and with the, the four of you, of course, is also your friendly NPC pal, uh, Piero, the Muay Thai kicking opossum. And I'm actually going to toss to him so he can do the recap of what happened last episode on After the Bomb Pursuit of Knowledge. Why, thank you very much, John. I really appreciate that. Now, last time y'all kindly folks joined us, Bar ended up having a real deep conversation-like thingy with Andre Barnard, who's in charge of the recovery part of the academic underground. And they had some different ideas about what sent them on the mission and everything like that in the first place. Now, Liblet, Bly, and Arlo, they ended up meeting up with a real fun chimera named Tammy, and they hung out for a while. Then everyone left Paradise to head out on their mission. On the way, they picked up yours truly after a real awesome bum dizzly with a bunch of big old biting flies. And after that, we got through a real roughed up town that had bad streets and saw the biggest damn earthworm you ever seen in your life. It seems like the truck got a little bit tore up when we was riding through the area. And I think we're just kind of seeing what happened from it right now as we get closer to Lancaster. And thank you for that, Piero. I really appreciate it. Yes, we're going to actually start this game with a roll. Bara, why don't you go ahead and give me a mechanical engineering check as you start noticing some fairly interesting shaking going on with the underside of the truck. That's a 30 out of 65. Okay. You know that when you were having some trouble navigating the side roads that skirted around the last town you were in, you realized you did more damage to the underside of the truck than you had initially realized. Based on how hard it's getting to turn the steering wheel on the truck, it looks like you might have ruptured the line that connects the power steering fluid to it. And you also appear to be having some trouble with the transmission. Are these things I can fix out here with what we've got? Or? Not really at nighttime, certainly. 
even during the day, it's probably going to take a little more than that to get things totally fixed. I mean, doing an emergency style patch or something like that would be one thing, but you're noticing that the truck is getting a lot more difficult to drive. <laughs> As a mechanic's daughter who always had a crappy car, I'm like, you just keep going. You don't stop because it doesn't <laughs> start once it stops. <laughs> Never turn it off. Never turn it off. <laughs> if you're real scared, you just California coast or stop signs. You do whatever you need to do to keep from coming to a complete stop. <laughs> you're a bear. You don't need power steering. <laughs> I, I think Barra is going to agree with Harm on this. Um, I want to do a emergency patch and then just keep us going towards Lancaster and we can see what we can do Lancaster. there. Okay, if, if you're going to do like a little emergency fix up, even that is going to end up taking you, let's see. Do we notice this roughness? Oh, yeah, you all notice it starting to shimmy and she seems to be like leaning and twisting a little more as she turns the wheel. I mean, it's still pretty easy for her, but it, it's less easy than just her having a finger on it, which she probably did before. Hmm. Liblet has the armrest of her seat because she she thinks maybe the van's mad at her. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and give me a... Are they coming to a stop or is she fixing it while she drives? Uh, she can't fix it while she drives it. Okay, so once they're at a stop, I think Liblet's going to definitely keep watch with her gun ready. Oh yeah, uh, Bible as well. Gun or maybe her bow. Yeah, her shotgun, buckshot. And I think I have a little bit of maintenance skill, so I'll just, I'll help Bara as much as I can. We have a weapon on the vehicle, right? You do. You have a 50 caliber light machine gun on there. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, sitting up there. Okay, so Bara, go ahead and give me a... Pilot auto mechanic? I don't know why that says pilot in front of it. I think that's supposed to just say auto mechanic. Yeah, automotive mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one you're going to need. Okay. And I'll give you a plus 5% because Arlo's kind of giving you a hand. Okay. Then 57 out of 70. Well, the automotive repair deities are certainly smiling down on you. You managed to get the line patched up well enough, at least, that you know you're not going to end up losing a significant amount more on your power steering fluid. The alignment, again, you know it's not something you can really handle right now, so it's something you just have to deal with. But the whole analysis and the repair only takes you an hour's worth of time. What time is it now? It's definitely evening. It's dark enough at this point that you're running with the headlights on. How far are we to Lancaster? You're only at this point about 10 miles out, so you can make it pretty easily. Okay, then I'm going to suggest we get back on the road. Well, as you're back on the road, once you get to what you estimate is about a mile or two out, you start seeing a glow off in the distance. You realize fairly quickly it is not the glow of any kind of torches or neon light or anything like that. There are multiple blazes happening in Lancaster right now. As you are continuing to drive forward, you hear massive explosions in the distance and see small mushroom clouds go up in a different part of the city. Not like an actual nuclear explosion or anything, but as you see these happen, especially anybody who is on the outside of the vehicle, is anybody in the turret or anything? Bly? I would be, yes. Then let me see something real quick. Kale clutched to her chest. She's kind of flickering in and out of visibility as she's watching these explosions. Well, with Liblet preoccupied, she doesn't notice where the source of this thing comes from, nor does Bara because she's too busy driving. Piero, Arlo, and Bly all notice the source of this. There are two flaming trails in the sky heading off into the distance. And you can hear, especially outside Bly, the sound that you've heard maybe yeah. only once or twice in your entire life. Your tribe spoke of great metallic birds that would rain fire from the sky periodically that had been tamed by the humans. And you know this to be them. I'm going to like jump down into the vehicle, let them know that the birds are attacking. Is your fur all fluffed up? Yeah. Birds? My tail's massive. Bibli <laughs> immediately looks up at the roof of the van. Birds? Big birds attacking. Firebirds. Yes, rain fire. 
Lilith is like 100% on board, has no questions. It makes total <laughs> sense to her. <laughs> Farah goes ahead and stops the vehicle again <laughs> and asks Bly for more information. The humans tamed the birds and they uh, dropped fire on us. They vomit up fire? Maybe. With my airplane knowledge, would I know what this is? Yeah, now that you're having this described to you, go ahead and you have aircraft mechanics, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead and give me a check on that with 10% penalty because of the rough description that you're (laughs) Aura has no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. No, you you assume that there's some kind of giant birds up in the sky vomiting balls of flame that are, from what the appearance looks like, destroying remnants of buildings in the area. Lilith's ears are back, and she decides invisible is probably the way to go. (laughs) Okay, so Bara now wants the team's opinion. Do we continue on to Lancaster right now, or do we wait till it's light and potentially see these... Or do they attack all the time? They attack at any time. That's why they're so strange. It's because they don't really have like a pattern. But your tribes only have, you've only ever heard of them maybe once or twice in your entire life being an issue. So what do you guys want to do? Well, at night, it's harder for them to see us except for the lights. But during the day, they'd be able to see us because anyone can see anything in the day. But we can see them too. Are they easy to see? I hope so. (laughs) That does not comfort Lula, and she clutches her <laughs> tail tighter. <laughs> she's like, she tries to sound brave though, because she's invisible. So she figures you guys don't know how scared she is. And Arlo, you specifically notice they're already gone. Like they're out on the horizon by the time that you are all at this part of the conversation. These things are incredibly fast. I'm watching out there and saying, you know, guys, they may not be. They may be gone. They may not be coming back. Let's get to turn to the possum friend that they've made and be like, do you know about these birds? I mean, I heard tell of them once or twice before, but I ain't necessarily sure whether these boids or whether they's something else. They might, like, you know how we ride inside of a vehicle right now? Lilith does not respond because she's invisible and she does not know what a vehicle is. Vehicle. Well, I want y'all to imagine what if by chance there was a vehicle that could travel via air? Maybe like a boid that hmm. the humans get inside of. The aeroplanes, yes. They get inside the birds? They're not birds. They're metal machines, like our truck, but they fly. Vans in the sky, okay. A van with wings in the sky, dropping fire, apparently. Is it the sky van that has the fire, or are there people rolling fire out of the sky van? You know, like big barrels on fire that like little frack rats are just pushing out of lying vans. Vans with wings that flap. They're metal. (laughs) Maybe bat wings. (laughs) If I was to hazard a guess, I mean, I only know of one particular group that happens to have anything like this. And that, of course, would be the Empire of Humanity. Looks like they may be conducting some type of attack on this place, which means we may be close to finding some of them. And if so, I would like to... Oh, how do I say this? Extract some information painfully from members of the Empire of Humanity as to where my Artemisia may be. Well, that is a way to say that. Lilith did not hear anything after humans are in the area. (laughs) That was all she focused in on. She's still invisible, but now she's puffed up and she's stroking her tail like it's a baby and it is not comforting her at all. I think we should keep going. Bly, if you'll keep an eye out above us, make sure none of the airplanes or skybirds or whatever it might be are coming in, then we'll just keep heading in and see what we can find. As you start driving in, you manage to make it into Lancaster proper. You're heading in and you can see that there's a lot of overgrown areas, like severely overgrown areas that look like places on the map where they had used to be roads. Is this like suburbs or city or? City, like a very large city, a city with a couple other smaller cities basically connected to it like satellites. Like skyscrapers crumbling and. Not so many skyscrapers, even in the blessed future that after the bombs pre-apocalypse took place in. Lancaster is not a gigantic city. It's a smaller city, to be sure. I mean, it's still a big city. It's a nice city, but it's not like New York. 
Oh, okay. I'm looking at pictures of the current city, and it's like a lot of big brick buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, at this point, it would be a lot of brick rubble. Some buildings still standing. Okay. Land of Caster. And, and as you're arriving towards the main road, the 222 cuts right through the Land of Caster, as Bly put it. You notice uh, on a big metallic sign that looks like it used to be some sort of road sign, but it's so corroded at this point that it's more just like a sheen of rust. Bara, you specifically notice one thing just because the lights of the truck hit it. You notice a glyph that is used by members of the academic underground. It looks like whoever came through here from the academic underground beforehand, it's like it's a, basically like a directional marker. It's got an arrow pointing. You know that based on the way the arrow is pointing on the sign, that they're due west of your location. Arlo, you notice off in the distance in a very overgrown area, somebody is flashing a light repeatedly at you. And you're one of the few people in the group that actually understands what these flashes mean. I think you may be the only one. Oh, Liblet would have ignored it, probably. So it's really good that Arlo saw it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Morse code repeating SOS, SOS, SOS. Is that in the same direction as the arrows pointing? It is not. That is off to the northeast from where you're located at. Could be a trap. I let them know that I saw somebody in the other direction. Uh, looks like somebody's asking for help over here. We should help them. Okay. I point to the glyph and let them know that that means the AU is off west of here, but I'm fine with going and checking out this person that needs help first. As you go to investigate the area where you see the light coming from, you notice as you're driving forwards that the grass in the area heading towards it appears to have been smashed down by very large, heavy things. Like something had recently come through and mashed it all down. Like animal tracks or road <laughs> tracks or... Go ahead, give me a tracking check, Obi. We'll be able to see if you figure that out real quick. I got it. It's a 31 out of 41. <laughs> you can tell for a fact that these are tracks from not only looks like a bunch of what appear to be wagons based on what you can tell on uh, the size of the wheels, but also a ton of large insect legs. Oh. Does that sound like any types of groups we know of? Do humans travel by wagons and insects? Well, Liblet, you know your family travels by wagons and insects. Do frack rats come to this area? Frack rats are free roamers. I mean, this yeah, is... Yeah, that's this, true. Frack rats go wherever frack rats please. Yeah, and this is a border There's a shiny. Area. You go and find it. So can Liblet tell if it looks like kind of how her people look like? Like, does it look like they went Liblet, through that area? Based on the fact that you don't see a bunch of stuff laying around that people have accidentally either forgotten or like just like a child wandering around, you're pretty sure it's not frack rats as you're pulling. That's, I was actually going to ask if it's as messy as frack rats probably leave the trail. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's not. It looks like people just kind of pushed through here very recently. But we're not the only merchants who travel that way, right? That's Correct. kind of a normal caravan route. Yeah, especially in this era. Yeah, definitely a lot of people travel via carts that are pulled by giant insects. It almost looks like frack rats were here, except it's really clean. That's well, worth finding out. And if anybody's concerned, they can make a detect ambush roll. Yeah, that's, I'm very concerned. Um, oh, I have the tech conceal traps. 61 of 30. You're pretty sure you're safe. Uh-huh. I think they're all gone. I, think I got a are. 17 out of 25 for detect conceal traps. No, there are no, there are no traps in the area around you. You can tell that much. It looks like whatever traveled through here, you're able better to tell because you lived the caravan life that whatever came through here came through relatively recently because of how all the grass and everything is smashed down. And you're actually cutting across the remains of a couple of different roads going to your destination following the light. And the tracks from the caravan are going in the direction we're going? Yep, yep. And as caravan. you pull up to the area where the light was signaling you, you see from out of the tall grasses several people and like pop uh. up, and you can tell that they're all armed. They all appear to be carrying, they look like automatic rifles in the headlights. And you can tell immediately one thing that they have in common. 
almost every single person who pops up is some kind of rodent. Oh, no. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, you see a, in, in the front of the group is what looks like a brown rat wearing a very tight white t-shirt that appears to have a pack of cigarettes flipped up on the left sleeve of the shirt. Oh, they're greasers. He, he does not have pants on. Not that you could see anything. He's, you know, a full bipedal rat. Oh, rat. Behind him is one of the tallest bipeds that you've seen. If this thing doesn't clock nine feet in height, you don't know what does. It's got a humanoid form, but whitish gray skin, a tiny slit for a mouth, little tiny beady eyes, and two little holes in its face that look like nostrils, no discernible ears. And it's wearing a big gray suit with a, a big fedora hat on top of it. Is the rodent cartel run by a giant snake? Was that out of character or are you like... Um, No, Bara is wondering this. (laughs) Not a snake. Laput is so scared right now. (laughs) She is so invisible. Probably pressed up against Bara's seat. She has no idea who runs the rat cartel, though. She just knows they don't like her kind. Up in the turret... Bly, you can actually hear what's being yelled. You see the the rat man start waving at you, and you see the others lower their weapons. Yo, kitty cat, why don't you, like, come on down, okay? We just gonna want to talk to you. Look, we're in a bad situation. We all want to have a fight with you folks right now. No, you don't. But don't get tough, buddy. We got, like, 20 people on you, okay? <laughs> Fly as a negotiator, so good. I don't like rats. <laughs> they don't taste you know, good. I don't know that we've seen an animal you like yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cat. He thinks he's the best thing ever and nothing else cares. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta see this. Negotiate for fly. <laughs> I let them know what they said to me. Uh, through telepathy, then ask what sh- what I should say. Ask them what they need help with. What do you need help with? Well, we's getting laid out here like jabronis because them friggin' empire bastards. So, like, we just need you to help us for a while, and then we're gonna split. We're headed back up to seventy six. Go back to Philly. It's not really our scene out here. We there was a ton of water up on the seventy six, so we ended up having to cut down this way. Let me tell you something. This town is absolutely fragged, my friend, all right? You don't want to stick around here for long. They were dropping bombs. We got scouts that we ended up fragging a little while away. We ended up losing three of our guys and one of our carts. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce myself. I'm Polly T. What's up? Polly Tony Teeth. Polly T. Oh, Polly T. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lula doesn't know what a jabroni is, so she's assuming it's the flying vans. Close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you see the the rest of the rodents that are gathered around start kind of lowering their weapons as you're establishing a dialogue. They're all looking very warily at the lot of you, but... Who are they fighting? The Empire of Humanity is in the area. We have a common enemy? Yeah. Yeah. Will help? I ask. (laughs) Yes. Before I say (laughs) it. <laughs> well, well, so I mean, they want us to fight with them. Well, you haven't really gotten a lot out of them yet. You've got Ply doing your negotiating. Yeah, what do they want <laughs> us to do? I don't want to fight. Uh, I'm not war material, Liblet. So invisible <laughs> and petting herself. She is very much not war material. <laughs> hey, Bar, why don't we stop and and really see what's going on? Okay, uh, I go ahead and turn off the truck and whisper under my breath that Liblet might want to either stay really close or stay in the van. She's going to stick to Bara. Oh my god, I just had this image of her wrapping her arms around Bara's neck and like coming out like a baby just clinging to her. I've already stood on Bara's shoulders, so... I was going to say, she could just climb on the shoulder and hold on to the yeah, side of her head. She's going to climb her up on Bara's shoulder as she gets out and stay invisible. As you climb out, Nobody really seems to notice you, except for Polly T. He looks directly at the spot that you're located at on her shoulder, and he says, oh my god, 
Who are you? Hi, again, I'm Paul IT. Um, what's up? Oh. Even though I can tell that he's probably talking to Liblet, I'm going to pretend like she's not there, and I'm going to pretend that he was talking to me. So uh, Bara tells him I'm Bara Nosi, and uh, nah, baby, baby, no, nah, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not into predators. I'm talking to the little friend you got perched up on your shoulder there, that little cutie. What's up, girl? Liblet. Or boy, I mean, I don't know. You're cute though. Liblet is 100% convinced he's talking about like literally killing and eating her. Track <laughs> rats don't really do physical attraction. If he said she was a snack, she would have fainted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's looking terrified through her giant frog eyes. She's like, Liblet. And then she's going to hide behind Vara, like lower herself. All right. Um, well, you know, it's like put her hands up on lip on Bara's shoulders, but it's dangling like monkey-like behind her. So. Well, it's like cool to meet you and stuff. I'm hoping like we all survive here and maybe like I don't know, like we can talk a little bit more or something, but like for right now, like we got people coming down here. <laughs> like it's like they're coming down to the shore. But like they're coming down and they're gonna try and kill us. I'm, we're pretty sure it's dog boys. Mister X here ended up going and doing a little scouting run and he killed one of them. So um, we're we're all fair certain that it's dogs. He can't talk, so we don't have any idea getting it out of him. But he's my bodyguard, so like he keeps us all safe. He's he's the best fighter we got. Can I ask him if he knows sign language? The guy that doesn't talk with my telepathy. He shakes his head to the no. It, it appears that he understands what you're telling him, like asking him telepathically, but it doesn't appear he has a means to communicate. Okay. Are the dog boys working? <laughs> Are the dog boys working with the Empire, as far as you could tell? If you have a dog, you have a human. <laughs> Man's best friend is everyone else's worst enemy. See, man, this cat here gets it. You know, normally, like, I wouldn't agree again with, like, a cat who would be normally trying to kill it. Because you're, like, from the people out to the east a little bit, the tribals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, no, that's... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we scrapped with them a few times. We never tried to kill you folks because you were just encroaching on the 76. We're just trying to keep it safe. But, like, obviously, we border your area and everything. At least you ain't like all those dicks up in Lionville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'd throw you into a gladiatorial arena if they catch you. That's bad. Yeah. Or they'll <laughs> eat you. And I ain't planning on being either of those. You know, the cat tribal's just trying to eat you. Yeah. But, yeah. We got we got a couple of mines. Uh, well, they're not really mines. They just... I, I don't really handle that. Schmitty over there does all the explosives and everything like that. We got them off in the distance up to the north so if they try coming down that way they're gonna get blown to shreds but like otherwise we was holding up for a while but then they started dropping bombs from their aircraft and we're like ah man we gotta get out of here this ain't no good for nobody so like we we wanted to let you know hey you know we was figuring they ain't gonna send one tiny truck coming if they're empire folks and we got enough ordinance here we could have blown you away if we wanted to we just didn't want you folks out there like getting wrecked and us not you know being able to help you or nothing but if we can all kind of work together we might all get out of this that sounds great are we coming to attack or are we trying to help these people out of the area i still don't get what what we're doing together Piero actually speaks up at this point. He's like, well, based on the limited experience I had with these bastards, they's either going to try and force us into chains or they's just going to try and put bullets or maybe even some ray guns into our heads. Barra asks if they've seen Graciela Hernandez um, kind of describes her. She was the cat that was working with the AU that also went missing in this area. So if they've seen her or their group at all they all kind of get somber looks on their face and Polly t is like we saw a truck kind of like the one that is a driving like we're all wagons at this point you can see there's a bunch of wagons that appear to be carrying what looks like refined metal like i-beams all sorts of metallic goods and all the carts are pulled by giant rhinoceros beetles as he looks back to you he continues going he says we was coming back from Steel Town. I'm on my inaugural run. Like, 
I just ended up becoming a lieutenant in Philly. And so this is like my big test right here to make sure that I know what I'm handling and everything like that. So they sent me out to Steeltown. Normally we'd be doing this with like gas powered vehicles and stuff like that. But it turns out, no, you got to use carts the first time. They're like, we got to do it like the olden times to celebrate the olden times. We had no problem whatsoever getting out there. No problem picking everything up. We did plenty of trade and everything's great. We start coming back on the 76 and there must have been a big storm or something because there's just water as deep as possible. We wouldn't be able to ford through it. So we, again, we cut down here. What do you know? We're getting attacked not only by them empire people, but we passed a truck a lot like yours going past a big old set of buildings. And then the bees came. Bees? All right. You, you've seen like little bumbly bees out in the field and stuff, right? I'm speaking about all the insects they've encountered on their way. So she's picturing like bees the size of footballs. Like, or with human hands? Yeah, human faces. <laughs> the bee movie. <laughs> the compound eyes are all human eyes. I want to vomit. I hate anthropomorphic <laughs> insects so much. I really do. Like Maybe they have human faces instead of hands. Bee movie legitimately made me want to puke. <laughs> they put little faces down on the flowers and the faces. <laughs> he turns a little looks up at Bara and points at her for maybe the first time and says, eh, they were about the size of her, which is, you know, part of the problem. What happened? Well, we ended up getting run out because there was just too many of them. They was swarming because of some reason. It looked like that truck was absolutely destroyed. I mean, the front part had a bunch of bullet holes and stuff in it. There was a lot of blood coming out of one of the seats, but we didn't have a whole lot of time to take a look at it before we ended up having to, you know, come over this way. And then, of course, all the bombing started. Well, thanks for the information. Um, Yeah, we'll definitely help you with your dog boy human problem. He says, we heard a chopper about like 10 minutes ago. And we're pretty sure it ended up dropping a squad of them. We ended up gacking three of them earlier, but they seem like scouts based off of the gear that we picked up. They all had just like assault rifles and a couple auto pistols on them. Nothing major. Of course, they never let the dogs carry any of the real heavy, important stuff anyway, because them humans don't trust them none. And I mean, they're dogs, so who blames them? <laughs> just to mention of dogs, it's like, ugh. <laughs> Well, we was thinking of at least most of these guys, like they're teamsters. They're used to like driving carts and stuff. Some of the guys here are security, but we was going to have the main bulk of our guys who got guns to help the teamsters get the carts as far out as possible while stuff's going down. So none of them get blown up in the process. And we was going to try and lure them back here so we could hit them with the mines and just blow all them dogs out to pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we can mark them when they're not able to see us or something like that, that's good. We got some assault rifles and stuff, too. We're packing some heat because, you know, Philly represents, but like still. Is there like still standing high places that I could get to? Oh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of crumbling buildings and half intact buildings in this city. It doesn't look like it took a direct hit from when the bombs dropped back in the olden times or anything like that. Does he want us with the wagons or with his people? Like to do the attack. He says, well, that's what I was kind of trying to figure out. I mean, Mr. X here, he's he's our long range expert, but he's going to be staying close to me just because that's the only thing he's paid here to do. If everybody else here dies, as long as I end up getting home, okay. I mean, I'm still going to be looking like a clown and everything, and that ain't something I want. But Mr. X will still be happy. And of course, Grandma will still be happy. Okay. I'm not very good with long-range weapons, but if it comes to hand-to-hand, I can do some pretty good damage with these, and Bara touches her battle axes hanging on her back. So if Mr. X wants to take up a spot to snipe, I can keep you safe. All right, yeah, well, I mean, I'll stay here, because it ain't like they, they're going to need me with all the carts and everything like that. We just want to keep most of the people safe, and I wanted the Mr. X to be able to handle some stuff, because, again, like, it, it's what he does. This man gets paid to kill. 
the creature standing behind him has not really broken its gaze. You can't tell who it's looking at because its eyes are so small, and it has not really reacted to anything going on whatsoever. Does its aura show anything? It does. Mr. X has an aura that you have not really seen before. It doesn't appear that he's hostile at the moment. If anything, his aura shows that he's perfectly tranquil in the moment. Like, this this does not bother him. He is not concerned right now. Okay. What species is he? Can we tell? You would have to do a cell read on him. She wants to so bad, but she's too afraid of the guy next <laughs> to him that sees her. She wants to taste him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she just wants to know what he is and who he can have babies with. Like she does with everybody. <laughs> All of it wants to know about you. He says, now, a couple of these guard guys, you know, they're Guerrero, so, like, they're they're okay fighters, but, like, I would figure, you know, since they just got little plink guns and everything, we just want to get them to a harder location where they're going to have more shelter, while the rest of us end up going out and racking up some scum bodies. Yes. I say, I can't help with that. I'm good with the guns. Good enough, at least. I have my shotgun here, and I could use one of your assault rifles, too. Lilith's going to go wherever Bara wants her to go. She's got guns and arrows, so. We got the 50 cal on the roof and my guns. The 50 cal might be good backup if they get past the mines. And have dynamite. Yeah, I was going to say, we also have lots of dynamite. <laughs> so there's the, the group that's going away, the merchants group, right? There's mm-hmm. the group that's staying to try and lure people to the mines. And then there's a group that's going out looking for humans. No, the group that's staying, it's going to be a couple of people staying in the area that's got the mines and the rest of them are going to go out and try and lure people back. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll be one of the people that will lure people back because I can run fast and jump far. And uh, I'm very I good, at be good at luring people back too. Um, my speed's an 18. That's pretty fast, right? Yeah. You're, you're fairly quick. And I'm jumpy. Very jumpy. You and Bly are very jumpy. My speed's 37. <laughs> yeah, you're you're oh so much God, quicker. You're so much faster. And I don't think Bara and Bara is slow and lumbering. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. guess if, if we're gonna send people out to lure them back, it should be Bly and myself. Is that what you want us to do, or should we stick around and we can stay here with the mines and let them lure them back? Well, sounds like to me you two would be better at it. <laughs> Liblet, um, you're good at climbing? I got climbing claws. Okay, yeah, so we should be good. Like, if we get trapped, we can climb trees. And yeah, and I have to line leaping, so we can. I could probably leap and climb and invisible my way away, hopefully. Yeah. Romeo over there. It appears he's the only one out of the rodent cartel members that can see you. Can she tell why? Does he have a weirdness to his aura? Well, as you look, he's got a strange aura as well. He's not as powerful as Mr. X, but you can tell he apparently, he he seems to be very psychic. I warned Bara. I'm like, he's so psychic. So Lilith's going to slip down off of Bara, I guess. And in the uh, hunt, like hunch and kind of slip over to the trees. And she's going to be waiting to go look for humans when the others go. Polly gonna... points to you again, Liblet, and he says, why don't you come on my team? Liblet freezes and then glances at Vara and then... Yeah, let's go on uh, your team, his team. Yeah, Vara nods. nods. <laughs> okay, she nods and creeps over to him. I'm going to take my arrows with me. If anyone can use my 30-06, you can. Or wants to. Well, you can take both. Well, I don't want to make noise. That's like, I want to be quiet. Ah, fair point. I'll take 10 arrows. If I need more, I'll run back. <laughs> take my grappling hook. He says, Miss, Miss Bear Lady, I'm sorry. I, I didn't end up getting your name or nothing like that. Um, you and Mr. Miss Badger. Uh, sorry. Uh, again. Bara I'm, and this is Arlo. <laughs> yeah. Bara and Arlo. Um, I, yeah. They're not trying to be rude or nothing, but time's kind of pressing. Would you mind going with the folks that end up needing a little bit more help? Like, you know, they're kind of non-combatants and you you look pretty savage. Like, you look like you're going to rip some stuff up. Yeah, I can protect them. Fantastic. All right. All right. Now, 
let's see, Mr. Kitty Cat. Yeah, they, they said Bly, right? Yes. Yeah. You, Liblet, and me and Mr. X will make one team, and the other folks who were staying behind, we're going to have four of them go, and we're just going to keep two here. So are you going to take your truck with you, or is you going to leave it here? Because both them folks know how to shoot a machine gun like the one you got on top of that thing. I don't want uh, them picking our car. My truck yeah, cannot I, be exploded. All right, well, you might want to get it out of here then. Like, you might want to take it with the caravan just yeah. to make sure you don't end up getting, like, a bomb dropped on it. Because we're not sure if they know where we're located at, but we ain't trying to find out. Sounds good. All right, so at Once, this point, we're going to be splitting the group. Oh. Once they're away from the other ones, I think Lilith's going to ask him, how do you see me? He's like, oh, I mean, I just look and you're there. Like, I don't know. Like, are you trying to do that thing where you're making people think that you're not with your brain? I don't know. I don't think Lilith really thought about how she turns invisible. Just sometimes most people don't see me. He's like, oh, yeah, well, like, I don't know. I think that's part of the reason that they ended up, like, giving me out early on. Like, that and the fact, yeah, my Nana, you know, she runs one of the families, whatever. Like, not a big deal or nothing. I'm not trying to rely on that. But, like, you know, it's it's definitely why I got Mr. X here, for sure. Like, she ain't going to let me die. Does Libba have the chance to touch Mr. X? I mean, have you asked him? <laughs> She's just asking, can I touch you? It gives you the slightest of nods. Thank you. And she's going to touch him. She's not going to lick him because from what she understands, that's rude. So she's going to touch him with her hand. Liblet comes to understand whatever was here before was human, but his gene sequence has been wildly scrambled about as much as that big creepy thing that you guys had encountered previously. Oh yeah. The Jason Voorhees guy. Yeah. Can we help fix him? And does he seem like, so the same thing was done to them? No, it's, it's a completely different configuration. Whatever happened here, like it's, it's mutations like wild mutations. Like this guy probably looked like this to begin with. This guy wasn't changed by something. This guy was born like this. She tells him privately, you are amazing. Cause she <laughs> thinks that's pretty awesome. You see the little slit of the mouth flatten out just a little bit. And then it opens it like winds up like a millimeter again. She does not know how to interpret that. So she just pats him gently <laughs> and as you're patting him, Polly T reaches out and also touches, he like touches the outside of your hand. And he's like, so he kind of like takes it in his for a moment. He's like, so you're, you're like rodent, right? I'm a frog rat. I'm a frog rat chimera. Oh, wow. Oh, all right. Her ears um, go back because she's like worried because, you know. Yeah, the, the people I'm still can't see you if she's still invisible. Oh, she's been invisible this whole time. Yeah. She's not going back this whole. Yeah, and he's she like, also no. would have waited to talk to him until it was because it's the four of them going out together, right? Yeah, it's them getting have... ready to go out. They're like he's loading up a, an assault rifle as yeah. he's having this conversation. Okay, yeah. So yeah, she's not visible at all. Yeah, he says anyone else but him, I guess. He says, "Look, like, just you know, you can maybe tell him you got a skin condition or something. Like these guys." are kind of like older school. Like, I don't know. I dig the whole thing. Like, I know you can't help like how you're born or nothing anyway, but like, you're super cute. Like you shouldn't have to hide who you are. I don't want to get cause any trouble. I not nah, look, if anybody gives you any trouble, you tell me. All right. Like, again, like these people, they're all here. Cause of me, it's all cause of me and all cause of who I came from. Like, I don't have any control over that. I just like, you can't control how you was born. I can't control how I was born or nothing, but like, you know, give some of them a chance. Like they'll get to learn over time that you like, you seem cool and like, you're not hurting nobody. So like, let's How you know. close is Bara? How close are you Bara? Um, I mean, like, are they still in range of, of her telepathy? Yeah. You'd be close enough to contact her telepathically. I'm picturing they're on their way. And Lilith's just going to be like, 
on a private telepathic channel. Bara, he wants me to show myself. She doesn't know what to do, so she's going to ask Bara. Well, can Bara reply back? No. I was going to say. <laughs> I can't see Liblet either. So. Well, you make a saving throw versus psionics. You only need to beat a 12. He's holding my hand, so you're seeing him gaze intently at something while holding. Yep, reaching an arm out like a maniac. So that's an 18 plus... You see Liblet. Yeah, she wouldn't be... She's never trying to hide from Bly. You know, the one person in the group that wants to kill her. I don't like kill her. He got hungry. He just wants to eat her. Totally different. Her dying is a side effect. <laughs> it's only if he got really, really hungry. And maybe he likes her enough, he just cut off like a bit of her tail or something. It'd be fine. She'd be the last one he'd eat. <laughs> Mordial, you don't need it. <laughs> um. So what do you do, Liblet? She could go, you know what? I think I'll just like it's just us. Just you, me, and Mr. X and and Bly, I think I like that plan. All right. I mean, I'm just, you know, you, you seem kind of shy and like. I, you, yeah. I just, she's so smooth. <laughs> she's like, um, let's, let's just keep it a secret for now. Yeah. All right. I mean, I kind of look like a crazy person because I'm sitting here holding the air and talking to, you know, somebody who isn't there. But like, you know, let's let's roll out. Yeah. What's the exact opposite of Bly? <laughs> yeah. And you see, he pulls on what looks like a weird kind of headset. It's like a helmet, but it also has a pair of goggles built into it. He also puts on what looks like a, an armored vest as well. And then he finishes getting his assault rifle ready. So it wants so badly to lick the helmet. I think it's probably shiny, huh? It is. Oh, it's so glossy. Can I lift your helmet? Yeah, he nods enthusiastically. He's like, sure, yeah, cool. But she likes his helmet. She wants to know what it tastes like. Does it taste shiny? It does. Oh, she loves shiny it. Shiny and clean. It tastes very good. Yeah, shiny plastic. And it looks weirdly new. So shiny. He's like, hey, I mean, you know, wow, that's that's a lot of tongue right there. Liblet just blinks at him (laughs) yeah so as the group of you heads out and into the bush uh, why doesn't everybody go ahead and give me a prowl roll because you're all trying to be stealthy Uh, I got a 40 out of 25 (laughs) I got an 81 out of 25 oh no very thrown off her game by this guy I don't even remember his name. Polly T. Polly T, the rat boy. I yeah. just keep thinking of him as rat boy. I almost feel like I, I walked into some catnip and I'm just like, what? <laughs> He's like snorting it as he walks. Well, the two of you definitely seem a little disoriented because you were making a lot more rustling through the brush than either Mr. X or Polly T are doing. And kind of worriedly for a moment, Polly T looks back. He's like, Guys, he's got to keep it down a little bit while we're going through here. Otherwise, them dogs are going to hear us. They got real good ears. Aren't they supposed to hear us? I think. He's like, well, yeah, but I mean, we're trying to spring it like a surprise on them, not just be like, oh, come on over here. Oh, I can go invisible. And I go invisible. (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah. All right. I'm invisible, too, still. (laughs) He's still he looks between Bly and Liblet. He's like, all right. I mean. Yeah, cool. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, Liblet apologizes for being noisy. She's going to try very hard to be quiet. And you both have night vision, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Apparently, with the helmet on, Holly T can also see in the dark. Mr. X has apparently no problem navigating in the darkness. Based Liblet does see. not put that together. She just assumes he can see in the dark. Yeah. I also and- have uh, advanced hearing. Yeah. FY, Mr. X is also incredibly quiet. 
you are disturbed by how large a, a creature that is and how quiet it is. That also would be throwing her off because she's like, he's totally able to kill me just at any point. Yeah. <laughs> off in the distance, something causes Mr. X to stop and hold up a hand towards you. And you can see his fingers, like his palms are much smaller than any humans that you've seen. But his fingers are big, long, noodly things. It doesn't look like he could really like hold a gun very well. And you notice he doesn't have any weapons on him. That only makes Liblet more afraid. Um, she freezes when he tells her to stop. Yeah, and he gets real low down in the grass. As you see, several red laser lights appear in the distance. Bly, since you have advanced hearing, specifically you can hear. Yeah, there's a, there's a disturbance up ahead, Cappy. Roger that. We're moving in. Yeah. Did I let, see any auras? I think you guys, I think they see, they heard us. Libet, they're a little too far away for you to read their auras. Okay. Yeah, you can see your group's auras, but nobody else's. And reading an aura, would it would break your invisibility. Yeah, she's not going to do that. Yeah, you can only employ one of your psychic powers at a time. Okay. Any trees or anything nearby? Oh, yeah, you're moving through fairly thick vegetation that's punctuated by occasional roads or other remnants of buildings and stuff like that. The closest thing nearby that you could really clamber up into looks like the remnants of an old brick building. It's It looks to be about like 15 to 20 feet up. So we let, he let us know that they're coming. Yeah, and you yes. can see the laser sights that are affixed to their weapons sweeping across the ground and turning in your direction. So is our plan to get their attention and run back or to attack them and thin their numbers before running? It was to lure them towards the mines, but I mean, I'm certain if you kill people before they get there, that only works better. I'm um, going to look to Polly T to see what his, since he knows what's going on, what's he doing? Polly T has gotten down onto his belly on the ground and is currently get readying his assault rifle. It looks like he's lining up some shots. I feel like Liblet and I are just standing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liblet gets down too. She's going to get out I'm, her... Uh... I'm going to let you guys know I'm going to climb the building. Okay. Liblet gets out her crossbow and her armor-piercing crossbow bolts and readies one. Oh, I guess, would this be a good occasion for explosive crossbow bolts? I mean, is there a bad occasion for explosive crossbow bolts? <laughs> we don't need to be sneaky once we get their attention, right? No, no I mean, I guess not. Yeah, she's going to load the explosive crossbow bolts. Okay, I am going to check for something. Now, question. None of you character, you two characters have the musk disadvantage, right? I know that Bara does. No. No. Excellent. Oh, okay. So the lights, the laser lights come sweeping closer. And once again, in the distance, you specifically, Bly, can hear. Yeah, we we thought we had moving over here. Roger that, Unit Zeta. Yeah, we're, we're going to close in on the location where we believe the, the main grouping to be. Copy that. And you see... It doesn't appear that these people know you are there yet as they wander into weapon range of you. They are all wearing what looks like ballistic vests and helmets. Uh, the helmets are all have the Empire of Humanity logo on them. Bly, you're the person that can see that in the distance. Yeah. One of them is a very large dog. He appears to be at least six feet tall. The others look to be around five feet each in that area. And they are closing in on the location that you're at. And they're all sniffing furiously. I just want to attack them so bad. <laughs> I don't like them. Um, so can I get up to the... Can I, like, sneak over to the... Give me the, a climb check if you're trying to get up high. All right. Climbing claws help with all the better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They should. They automatically give you, I believe, a 10% bonus on your climb skill. Um, 47, 50. Okay. 55. Okay. Damn. So angry at them. <laughs> you managed to get about halfway up before a chunk of bricks fall inwards. It's like obviously rotten. 
and just collapse and land with a huge thud inside of the remnants of the building. At that point, you see Mr. <laughs> X pops up and there is a brief flash of light as he whips his arm back and then he hurls something at these dogs that you can only figure looks like a bolt of actual lightning. Yeah, And he strikes one dead in the chest. Amazing. Yeah, that soldier howls in pain as it impacts his chest, and you can see massive scorch marks on the armored vest that's over his fatigues. It looks like this thing blasted directly into his chest, and the armor on his chest is just missing. There is burned flesh and steaming clothing underneath. Lula just thinks he's awesome and tells him so. Yeah. Why keep it a secret? And at that point, Polly T opens fire. Lilith's going to shoot, too. Okay. Everybody who's... Well, yeah, Bly, you can get a shot off. You, I'm not going to make the climb count against you. I was going to say, he's just like, someone made noise over here. I think there's someone else here. How do... Uh, I forgot how combat works. Uh, well, you're in a surprise round right now, so everybody just gets to make an attack roll, and it's going to deal double damage if you hit, unless you do what Polly T just did. Number one. Polly T just rolled a critical on his assault rifle burst. Success or fail? Success. Yeah, Polly T. Yeah, so Polly T will be doing normally a a critical does double damage. So he's going to be dealing four times the normal amount of damage with his burst. This is a d20 plus. But you're using your bow, right? Yeah. You only have a plus one to strike with the bow right now. Do you roll d20 or percentile? It's a d20. He rips two. The one that had had its his armor shredded goes down. And another one of the dogs is severely injured by this perfectly aimed burst that Polly T fires into this group of the dog soldiers. Well, it's like you both are so cool. Yeah. He's like, I, I didn't do that on purpose. I was just trying <laughs> to hit one. Does a 16 hit, then? Yeah, absolutely. These guys can't react. They're all surprised. I rolled a 99 on their tracking, like their collective tracking to try and locate you. That's 2d6 plus 3. Oh my god. Go down the hole. How many more do you got? That's 13. 2d6 plus 3 is 13, so it's a 6 and a 4, so that's 26. And you're using an exploding bolt? Nope, just a regular mechanical bow arrow. Okay, you put the arrow, the third one that's like didn't really get hit by the burst, you shoot the arrow directly into their side where their vest can't cover them up and they scream in pain. Lilith rolled a seven for archery. Well, that hits, but the armor takes the brunt of the blast. You only clip the guy that Bly just ended up shooting. Every time Lilith tries, she fails. Well, you still get to do double damage with it because no, it's a just... sneak attack. Oh, double damage? Yeah. Okay, well, it's an explosive bolt. Yeah, so you take whatever you roll and then just double it. And it does a five-foot radius of damage, so if anyone was standing there, I guess they get... Nah, she only she only got the one. Also, I'm having a hard time getting rid of the Delco slash Philly accent when I'm speaking normally as a game master, so I apologize <laughs> for that. 40? Forty? Uh, yeah, she got twenty damage on what I rolled, and you said to double it, right? Yeah, you see, the force is enough to knock that soldier over. The blast took out a massive chunk of their front armor and knocked the, it like knocked them flat on the ground. But their weapons by their side, and they're starting to get up. This is where we would roll for initiative, but we're going to shift over real quick to the caravan as they're heading <laughs> off to their destination as well. I don't think I'm getting the arrow back. <laughs> I'm not getting mine back for sure. <laughs> and Bara, Arlo, with the grouping of the rest of the caravan, you can definitely see they look a little nervous around you. You are, again, fairly powerful-looking predators in a group that is mostly just rodents. And as they're talking, you you glean a couple of things. One... Most of them are not really happy to be here with Polly T. 
the general consensus is he's kind of dumb, but nobody can really do anything because he's apparently the grandson of one of the five families that controls Philly. Bara, why don't you, do you have, actually, I'll roll something real quick. Ooh, wow. You specifically realized something. One of the locations that's circled on the map, you're, I mean, you're kind of heading that way anyway. And that's where the rest of your, the people from the academic underground presumably went off to. You know why they were over there at that point. This map indicates that there used to be a big university in a place called Millersville, which is right outside of Lancaster. So you presume that would be the spot that they went off to, especially based off of what you heard from Polly T and the rest of the people in the caravan. Okay. The AU, are they usually trying to be discreet and not found? Like, is there a reason I shouldn't lead the caravan over there? Not particularly at this point. Again, there was a mention of bees being over there, but you're smart enough to know that bees usually aren't very active at night. This is probably the safest you'll ever be is with regards to the bees. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and lead the caravan that direction and think about how I could potentially use, if necessary, the information that they don't like. Polly T. Do you have detect concealment? No detects. Okay. Then I am just going to make a quick roll real fast. Cause you said you're getting to the front of the caravan. Yeah. All right. Lucky you, you hear a shuffling in the grass and you realize right before you're about to step into something that there's something bad in front of you, you realize it's a plant. Plant. It's like a bunch of big thorny vines and they start closing up. You can tell that if you'd stepped like maybe one or two feet closer, it would have grabbed you and wrapped you up. And you can see that on the inside of the vines are a bunch of thorns that face inwards it lashes out and it grabs the ankle of one of the unfortunate caravaneers. I'm going to grab my battle axe and whack it. All right. Yeah. Since you're the only person that actually caught this, I rolled for the caravan and they didn't notice it either. Go ahead and just give me an attack roll. Arlo, you ended up, you actually got a hundred on the roll that I did to see whether or not you noticed it. With my axes, I only had 11. Let's see if it manages to get its little fronds out of the way. It does not. It rolled an eight for its dodge attempt. Well, 21 damage then. You shred it. You absolutely sever all of the tendrils that were connected to this poor rat's leg. You can see that he's got some blood coming out of his leg. The tendrils, like, as soon as they wrapped around, those needles went into it. But it doesn't appear at this point, just seeing how much damage you inflicted on it in one hit, it doesn't appear willing to press the issue. It kind of lays (laughs) its tendrils back down. (laughs) Nobody step on that. And you can see there are maybe... 10 or 20 plants similar to that in the area in front of you as you're leading this group through. So it's going to be quite a bit of a night for you. Definitely watch where we step and point out anytime I see one. And now you do have wilderness survival, right? Well, I do. Arlo, go ahead and give me a check for that because you're going to be real important here. Otherwise, it's the caravaneers that are probably going to have to help you. Yeah, 89 is more than 41. Ooh, it is. Yeah, so Arlo, what bad advice do you give to the caravan on this? <laughs> I can't see you if you stay still. You, yeah, that, that was good. Just say, make, make big, slow stomping steps. <laughs> All right. Now, let's see if anybody else on the caravan knows what's happening, because otherwise this might get real fun. Okay, you're really lucky. A squirrel who appears to be one of the drivers is like, no, man, that's just there. We like, you just gotta, you just gotta make sure you give it a wide berth and like, let's, let's get a couple of torches together and we can burn it out if we need to. It does not like open flame at all. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. 
Yeah, and they like a couple of them. One of them has a, a set of road flares, and they start taping them to a big metal pole. And as they start going forwards, you guys just start burning these things before they can grab any more of the rats from the rodent cartel or other rodents. Will the party regret their decision to split up? Is Bly ever going to explain what flirting means to Liblet? And just what the heck happened to your friend of mine, Piero the Apostle, anyhow? Find out the answers to some of these questions and more on the next episode of After the Bomb, Her Suit of Knowledge. After the Bomb, Her Suit of Knowledge is a Real Play Games podcast production. After the Bomb RPG and Megaverse are copyrights and registered trademarks owned by Palladium Books and used with permission. You can find the After the Bomb role-playing game and all of Palladium Books' other fantastic RPG products at www.palladiumbooks.com. Additional thanks to Rally of the Forums of the Megaverse for additional concepts, ideas, and inspiration. Our theme song is Uplifting Ballad by the talented Alexander Nakarada and is used under extended license, which includes sync licensing. His wide range of work can be found at www.serpentsoundstudios.com. If you want to get in touch with GM John or the cast, please feel free to reach out to us via email at realplaygamespodcast at gmail.com, chat with us on Twitter at realplaypod, or check out our website at realplaygamespod.com. If you'd like to help support the show outside of listening, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Pod. We appreciate your support.